Welcome back to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Honey Bee. And I am your host, Precious D. And today we are talking about Frankenstein Conquers the World. Yes, also known as Frankenstein vs. Baragon, or Frankenstein Tai Chai Tai Kaiju Baragon. Frankenstein vs. Monster, Subterranean Monster Baragon is the actual original Japanese title. I'm going to be so honest with you. Every time I see anything Frankenstein, I automatically want to watch Young Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) I got nobody. And did you? Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't yet, but oh, I'm going to. A couple of friends and I, back in probably around junior high, Mm -hmm. used to always do the putting on the Ritz. Well, (laughs) Uh. The thing is, there was a new sort of new wavy disco cover of Putting on the Ritz. Oh. That was a hit at that time uh-huh. by Taco, I think was the guy's name. <laughs> Taco? Synth Pop is what they're calling it. A synth pop. Oh, version. synth pop. Taco. Yes. Synth pop Taco. He, he's German, but he had a couple of uh, English language hits. Nice. Shout out to Taco. So because that was popular at the time and because we had all seen Young Frankenstein. And because you were junior high boys. (laughs) uh, Well, no, a girl was one of the group, too. We would sing. uh, Well, it was mostly me and her, but I think there was a couple other people in on the joke. And we would sing the beginning of Putting on the Ritz. But when we got to the Putting on the Ritz line, we would just go. So we'd sing it like Taco. (laughs) We'd sing, uh, if you're blue and you don't know where to go to. That's how Taco would do it. Very sort of Rudy Bally, uh, megaphony. And when we got to the putting on the Riz part, we would just go, (laughs) 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 but sadly, this version of Frankenstein does not do a song and dance number. (laughs) This, um, man, isn't Frankenstein the doctor's name? Yes, yeah, so let's we can do that. We I was going to cover that. Victor Frankenstein creates a creature or a monster that technically is Frankenstein's monster or Frankenstein's creature or the creature or whatever. <laughs> but he is often get often the creature gets referred to as Frankenstein. And some people get very pedantic about it. Actually, Frankenstein is the <laughs> creator. All I can see is meanwhile they're going Frankenstein. Yeah, <laughs> but if I made a a baby in a lab, <laughs> I think it would be fair if that baby claimed my last name <laughs> as its name. Yeah, your little lab baby. In the novel itself, the creature doesn't have a name, but at one point says, "If I had a name, I suppose it would be Adam." Aww. Some people have interpreted that as the creature's name is Adam Frankenstein. But I believe at only one point in the movie do they call it Frankenstein's monster, and they just call it Frankenstein the rest of the time. And I think the idea of Frankenstein's 
monster being immortal mm -hmm. really comes from the Universal movies. Oh, okay. In the novel itself, I mean, we don't know what its ultimate fate is, and he is certainly very resilient. He's not as susceptible to the cold in the Arctic when he confronts Victor and all that. He's, he doesn't seem as susceptible to the cold as a normal human, but the idea that he just can't die... <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't, it's been a while since I read it, but I have read it more than once. I don't think that's really mm -hmm. in the novel. But in the Universal Pictures, they keep killing him, but then they want to keep making new uh, new movies. Yeah. But I think basically they have to bring him back to life each time. Somebody finds his body. Right. And decides yeah. that I must reanimate <laughs> this creature Again. Did you did you ever read uh Dean Koontz did a Frankenstein series? I think I read the first one and I saw yeah. the movie that was based on the mm -hmm. first one with Parker Posey. <laughs> Frankenstein's kind of one of my things. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I got a friends and neighbors. I have a few things. Obviously kaiju movies is one of them. <laughs> Comic books is one. Superman. Superman is one. Superman specifically. For a long time, vampires were, and then I kind of got sick of them. They got too cool for you. Yeah, well, they got they got too sparkly, and they got too. I got tired. I got. I blame Anne Rice. I blame Anne Rice. I got so tired of the sympathy for the devil approach to vampires. I was just like, no, kill them, kill them. <laughs> Her name is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not Vampire Lair. She should stop making kissy faces and put a stake in that boy's heart. Sherlock Holmes is one of my things, Tarzan, and Frankenstein is one of my things. I've watched a lot of Frankenstein movies. I've read a number of Frankenstein comic books and novels. So, yeah, I know a little bit about Frankenstein. Hey. I once, as a child, had a bad dream that Frankenstein's monster was outside tearing up the neighborhood, and my uh. mother was trying to make me go outside and play, and she did not either didn't know or didn't believe me that Frankenstein was out there and she was trying to make me go outside and I was terrified to go outside. So that was probably really about, I don't know, going to school or something like that. Little baby precious dreaming of Frankenstein. Look at you now. And my uh, father and I used to stay up late on Friday nights and watch the old Universal movies on television. They would tend to have a double feature. I think often he wouldn't make it through the second movie. Double <laughs> feature, <have> to... <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> if we ever run out of these kaiju movies, we will start doing Universal Monsters next and then oh, see where we damn. go from there. So, but this Frankenstein is from 1965, mm -hmm. American release 1966. It's in color, 89 minutes, directed by Ashiro Honda with music ah. by Akira Ifakube. And this one and our next movie were U.S. Toho uh, co-productions with Henry G. Saperstein Enterprises, which might be part of the reason why it's about Frankenstein and why yeah, there's a white guy that in it. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Mr. Saperstein had uh, some influence over the details of the production. He didn't just put... the the these kaiju movies were doing well on American television, and so some American companies wanted more of them. And mm. to get more, Henry G decided to co-produce some with Toho. 
and we will see his influence in this one and in Invasion of Astro Monster. Oh, the right. box office was 93 million yen, but I don't have a budget. And the featured monsters are Frankenstein's monster and Baragon. Baragon, who, who is it's a unicorn and a bulldog had a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think he looks a little bit like Anguirus also. Yeah, a little bit. Frankenstein's 20 meters and Baragon is 25 meters, which is a, a little over 65 feet. And the death count is 12, which is a little low. It is a little low, but I'm surprised yeah. that it's 12 because I feel like, dang, I, I literally thought to myself, like, there isn't really a lot of... Well, for one, I didn't think that poor little Frankenstein was a monster, but let's just, we'll get to that. We don't exactly see Frankenstein again, but sort of. There's a loose sequel to this called War of the Gargantuas. Oh, really? Yes. And <laughs> and wait till you hear the song in that one. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> Yeah, that's another one that has uh, an English language song in it. That comes out the next year, 1966. It sort of makes reference to Frankenstein's monster, but it's not this exact same Frankenstein monster. And then Baragon will show up again in Destroy All Monsters, and then later in the Millennium series in Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. <laughs> yes, that is the title of that movie. Wow. Uh, it stars Nick Adams as Dr. James Bowen. Nick Adams is an interesting guy. He was a Hollywood star, kind of a B-list star. His career was having trouble. And after vowing never to work outside of the U.S., he was very concerned, I think, about the number of movies that were being made outside of the U.S. He wanted movies made in Hollywood. After he failed to get an Academy Award, he immediately started making movies overseas. Aw, shit. <laughs> he was famously close friends with James Dean, and then later Elvis Presley. Wow. And there's much speculation about the nature of their friendship, but Ooh, no hard evidence, so we will leave it at that. <laughs> and he publicly left his wife without informing her first like in an interview Ouch. he said i'm leaving Ouch. <laughs> in an interview he says yes i'm gonna be leaving my wife and she was like the what now <laughs> run that by me they kept breaking up and getting back together he supposedly had an affair with his co-star kumi mizuno which oh i think people assumed was the reason for the breakup but years later she denied it so who knows? Uh, yeah, it was it was probably just his cover if he was boinking other dudes. He may have, you know, swung both ways. Ah. Various people have said things over the years, but I don't believe he ever confirmed anything himself. So who knows? It's not my problem. <laughs> but she is also his co-star and love interest in the next movie. Oh, yeah. Tadeo Takashima is Dr. Kenichiro Kawaji. He will also show up in the next movie. Kumi Mizuno, as I said, is Dr. Sueko Togami. Yoshio Tsuchiya is Mr. Kawi. And Yoshifumi Tajima is Murata. Koji Furuhata is Frankenstein. Sumio Nak Nakao is Younger Frankenstein. And Haru Nakajima is Baragon. 
Uh, we get another white guy in here, Peter Mann, as Dr. Reisendorf. <laughs> so I think that's also part of the American influence, I guess. Let's throw a Nazi in there. Yeah. Let's throw a German. Like, yeah, Japan wasn't the only ones in World War II, you know. So, uh, yeah, let's get into the plot here. Once again, I'm working from a summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. During World War II in Nazi Germany, Nazi officers confiscate the living heart of the Frankenstein monster from Dr. Reisendorf and pass it on to the Imperial Navy. Why? I don't know. But uh, this, I found this scene interesting because there's no dialogue in it. Totally. There wasn't dialogue for a really long time. And actually, I was thinking like, man, I hope that this version of this movie is one I can watch. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> like, you know, because I didn't know if there was going to be English subtitles or if it was going to be dubbed right. or like what. So I'm just like waiting for the dialogue. Like, okay, any yeah. time now. And it was like 10 minutes in before anyone started freaking talking. Yeah, and I was like, oh, are they trying to avoid having to do any dubbing or subtitles in the beginning mm -hmm. here? I don't know. We were watching the dubbed American version. I mentioned this last week. This movie is a little harder to find. War of the Gargantuas is on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Which is weird. This one, yeah, this one you got to buy an overpriced DVD or you got to track it down archived somewhere on the internet. But it is not readily available for streaming. I don't mm -hmm. know why. So we took what we could get, which was the API version. But yeah, they, there's, they just march in. They bang on the door and open it up. And he just stands there and, and is obviously thinking, oh, crap, they've come for my experiment. <laughs> I, I noticed one of the, the – I think this is probably accurate. The regular German soldier salutes. But then the guy in the black uniform, who's like, you know, SS or Gestapo or whatever, he comes in and gives a little Nazi salute, mm. a little Heil Hitler. But he doesn't say Heil Hitler because there's no dialogue in this scene. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they take the heart and they turn it over to uh, a Japanese submarine. I think they get in a boat and the submarine comes up and they hand it down. Mm -hmm. But then they take it to a research facility in Hiroshima for further experimentation just in time for a bomb to get dropped on them tiny toy bombs bombing tiny toy it, boat <laughs> no i mean the actual i believe it's august 6th oh yes august 6th 45 which of course is the date that we dropped a bomb uh, an atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. Yes, as the experiments begin, Hiroshima is bombed with a nuclear weapon by the Americans. Fifteen years later, a feral boy runs rampant in the streets of Hiroshima, catching and devouring small animals. This comes to the attention of American scientist Dr. James Bowen and his assistants Dr. Sueko Togami and Kenichiro Kawaji. A year later, they find the boy hiding in a cave on a beach, cornered by outraged villagers. Bowen and his team take care of the boy and discover he is building a strong resistance to radiation. So there was um, there's a scene where the, the doctor, well, they're both doctors, where uh, Bowen and Togami are having dinner together. And he's wearing a kimono and it looks like they're kind of having a relationship mm -hmm. 
And they hear something out on the street and they go look and they see a car hit this kid. But yeah. then he gets up and walks off. And do they throw some food down to him? Yeah, she throws some like bread. Or yeah. They're both doctors though. And they don't, <laughs> they and they're don't like, run down hiding. there. They're kind of like hiding. Like they, they don't want him to see them see him eat the bread or yeah. something. Like they're hiding behind this curtain. And a little bit before this, actually, we see um, the the female doctor sees the little boy in the street and he's mm-hmm. like eating uh, um, rabbits, I think rabbits or yeah. dogs or something. And we see this, this older man says something like um, there were a lot of people like that after the war. Yes. Uh, and, and kind of like, so, kind of says something about like how this people used to be like this, like eating dogs and stuff like that. So when they do see when her and the doctor are having dinner and they see the boy, she's like, Oh, this is the boy I was telling you about. And yes. then they like hide from him. So I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> Why don't you just? Yeah. It's really weird. Why yeah, don't like, they? they don't I, I just thought it very odd that these two medical doctors don't immediately run down the stairs to try to see if he's injured. Yeah. They just observe him from afar. And when they determine that he's going to be okay, they just let him walk off with the bread. Yeah. Uh, there's also a scene in the hospital where we see them doing their doctory stuff. Doctors doing doctor things. Some woman who is dying has embroidered a beautiful pillow for Dr. Bowen. And the fact that she's finished it tells everybody, oh, she's going to die any minute now. You know, she's going to die. She was holding on long enough to finish this pillow for him. And now that she's done, it must mean that she is also done. Awkward. I found that sad. Yeah, this whole movie kind of made me sad. This is a sad movie. It's not supposed to be a sad movie, but it is. It is. People are very disappointing in this movie, and it is sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when they're examining the boy, when they finally catch him and take him to the hospital and they're examining him and, some, and such, they say, uh, well, he's clearly Caucasian. Yeah. Because he's Frankenstein's monster, so he would be caucasian but yeah, he says he, he clearly is caucasian. not and he's not yeah he's definitely no. japanese and then one guy says well could he be half caste which is not a term we use anymore but he means mixed race he he means muggle mug blood yeah and they're like nope nope he's definitely caucasian and i'm like that is clearly a japanese man wearing some sort <laughs> of a neanderthal forehead because <laughs> The universal Frankenstein <laughs> makeup is trademarked and you can't use it. But that is what's going on here. He doesn't look at all Caucasian. Not at all. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, they haven't tried to change his skin tone or do anything with his eyes or give him blonde hair or anything to make him look Caucasian. Yeah, if they just thrown a blonde wig on him, that might have made us believe it. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least it would have shown they were trying. The former Imperial Navy officer, Kawe, who brought the heart to Hiroshima's army hospital, who somehow survived the attack. I mean, there are people who survived the bombing of Hiroshima. They were there and they didn't die. Yeah. And this guy is one of them. Is now working in an oil factory in Akita Prefecture when a sudden earthquake destroys the refinery. Kawe catches a glimpse of a non-human monster within a fissure before it disappears. 
Yeah, and if you're watching this movie and you blink, you could miss this part. You really mm-hmm. could because it is a second that they show this weird little puppet head. Yeah. And then it like goes off and I couldn't the version I was watching, I couldn't rewind. So I was like, "Oh man, what was it? I couldn't see it." <laughs> so I only caught like a like just all oh, the last second they showed it for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Bowen and his team find out that the strange boy is growing in size due to an intake of protein. I didn't catch that, really. Yeah, it was, it was, well, basically it was like radiation, that he had been exposed to radiation, right? And like, that was why he was, or they kind of just, they have an open discussion about the radiation and if if that's what happened and then someone has, says something about, remembering this little boy who was like three years old who would run around in this hospital i found it very odd that it took him 15 years to get to be this size and then it just seems to take him a few days to go from this to 20 meters but i guess they're trying to say that because he's getting better food but i this was not made clear to me in the movie Mm -hmm. itself but it is true that he's just been scrounging around for whatever he can catch and now yeah. that the doctors are giving him better food, maybe that's what's causing the growth. I mean, ultimately, it's a combination of whatever Frankenstein did and the radiation yeah. he absorbed from the bomb. But it now seems to be his growth seems to be going into overdrive because of an intake of protein, I guess. I guess. From the beginning, I just do not like the way that they treat him. I mean, yeah. uh, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets so, so, so much worse. But there's this scene here right in the beginning where the doctor's all he like sees um, the, the necklace and one of the doctors just straight bops him on the head, like just smacks. Him. Yes. I was just like, whoa, what the hell? He is <laughs> enchanted by the uh, shiny necklace. The, the lady doctor, Togami is wearing and and Mm -hmm. grabs her to get at the necklace. Um, But it's, they don't, they seem a little confused. They don't seem to, we, the audience know that it's the necklace he's trying to get, not her, but they seem confused. (laughs) And Dr. Bowen just just smacks him on the head with a stool. Yeah. I'm like, is that how you deal? Because hospitals have procedures for dealing with unruly patients. (laughs) And you'd think they would try to restrain him and maybe give him a sedative. Rather than just hitting him on the head with a stool. Like a little filled mouse. Oh, God. <laughs> I really... Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, folks, if if it's not clear what's happening, I'm not sure we made it clear. I think you've sussed it out. Fra- the idea is that Frankenstein's heart, which was still alive and beating in a sort of case or jar, has regenerated an entire body around itself mm-hmm. that had grown to the size of a, of a young boy. 10 12 year old boy over the course of 15 years so it doesn't really have a unlike the original frankenstein's monster which was quite intelligent and learned to read and speak and stuff this one had to regrow a new brain and, and has just been living of, feral on the streets he makes zombie noise like he doesn't really talk he's just like oh, oh, oh yeah like well and yeah. that that is the way He's been portrayed in the movies for a long time, but he's a lot smarter in the book. 
But in any case, he would have forgotten everything he had learned before because he had to grow a whole new brain around his heart. Mm-hmm. He's just a hungry little baby boy. And that's literally what he is. He's a hungry little kid. Yep. And everyone in this movie sucks. Yep. Afraid of his strength, the scientists lock and chain the boy in a cage. And Sueko, who cares for him, feeds him some protein-filled food to sustain him. Bowen is visited by Kawe, who tells him that the boy could have grown from the heart of the Frankenstein monster as the boy was seen in Hiroshima more than once before. At Bowen's advice, Kawaji confers with Reisendorf in Frankfurt. Yeah, this is the Reisendorf. quack. Is this, the, this is the, the quacky doctor who's like, Why are you The German. Like yeah. German. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is uh, Tadeo Takashima, who we've seen in a number of movies, normally in a more lighthearted part. <laughs> He's kind of a bad guy in this one. He's a little bit of a mad scientist himself. Uh, Reisendorf recommends, good lord, cutting off a limb, speculating that a new one will grow back. Sueko and Bowen strongly object to this method. The thing is, if they're wrong, then the kid's going to be missing an arm or at least a hand. So this is ridiculous. They're like, you can't. You can't test it that way. Yeah, but then the other doctor's like, well, he's more gorilla than he is... Per-. And I'm like, what? How did you come to that realization? Yeah. Because of his forehead? I don't know. Uh, I also want to point out at this point his magic clothes that grow with him. Oh, To a point. And he also... Something that's really funny, he gets hairier throughout the movie. <laughs> I guess he goes through... Uh, radiation and protein induced puberty puberty gets bigger yeah even like his shoulders and his back they just start getting hairy <laughs> as he grows he's he is uh, played by a grown man not just mm-hmm. a boy so first he kind of grows from a boy to a man and then just keeps getting a bigger and bigger man whose clothes magically <laughs> grow with him i mean they're there he's got high waters and his sleeves are short but they're still he's he Gets like, I don't know, five, ten times larger. They should have fallen off of him much sooner than they do. <laughs> Ignoring Bowen's suggestion to think it over, Kawaji tenaciously attempts to sever one of the limbs of the boy turned giant, now called Frankenstein. He is interrupted by a TV crew who enrage Frankenstein with bright studio lights, and Frankenstein breaks loose. Because none of these guys have ever watched another movie and don't know that you shouldn't stick lights into King Kong's face or Frankenstein's face or any, you know, questionable monster. But if you're trying to maybe get a monster to come towards you then you could maybe put some lights in the sky and <laughs> they might follow it. <laughs> they might, or it might drive them away. It's unclear. <laughs> or they might do both simultaneously. Uh, but Bra- Frankenstein breaks loose. Frankenstein visits Sueko at her apartment before disappearing and does the Kong thing, where he looks he through her window. He looks through her window, and I just felt so bad for him in this moment. Like... This is his his own like the closest thing to a mama that he has, and he's just mm-hmm. like comes and oh god, this movie's so sad. I hate it. Anyways, sweet little nugget. But yes, yeah, somehow he knew where her apartment was. Well, he had seen it when he was running around on the streets. So yeah, I guess that's how he knew where she was. 
a severed hand of Frankenstein's is found. Now, I didn't see him actually cut the hand off, but apparently he did. Either. And they I find didn't it. see it either. Proving Reisendorf's theory. That, because it, it starts to grow, but then it dies it's due to lack of protein. It's a fat little hand. It's so funny. I, wanted, I so badly, when they picked up the fat little hand, I so badly just wanted it to bitch slap him. Just like they pick it up. Like, <laughs> oh, and it just like, hey. like bitch slaps him. <laughs> like thing in the Adams family. Like it would yeah. be. Yeah. self-aware <laughs> that's what i was really hoping for or when they're like you know put it it just like slowly its fingers just curl down and it's just like into like flipping them off <laughs> yeah but it, ne- it never occurs to these dum-dums to give it any kind of nutrient so uh it dies unbeknownst to bowen and his team the subterranean burrowing dinosaur baragon ravages various villages i was like what the fuck is this thing I think it's just, you know, people gotten used to having two monsters fight in these movies, so yeah. let's monster just throw fight. another monster. It's where it's at. The monster fights is where it's at. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Put a Have Baragon in there. Have seen, oh, what is it called? Kaiju Battle? No. So there's there's a thing called Kaiju Big Battle. And what it is is professional wrestling or set or maybe amateur wrestling <laughs> but with people in kaiju suits oh my gosh Shut up. yeah and I, I think i used to have a, a dvd or a videotape of it and uh looks like they also sell like some comic books and some figures and stuff Yes. So yeah, they'll they'll be in a wrestling ring, but they'll also have some like little miniature buildings made out of like cardboard boxes and stuff. Oh my god! And uh, they'll they'll just do uh, wrestling matches as as kaiju. It's called Kaiju Big Battle. So everybody uh, look that up at your leisure. Yeah. Uh, maybe at some point we'll do a, a review and talk about some of the specific monsters. But where were we in this? movie Paragon okay. ravages various villages yes Paragon is coming out and he's all doing all the shit fucking shit up so everyone's gonna blame poor frankie <laughs> yep yep or as i'd like to call him frankie Poe. Uh, the japanese authorities and, and media believe this to be frankenstein's doing and frankenstein narrowly escapes being hunted down by the japan self-defense forces before <laughs> bowen and his team dismiss frankenstein kawaii returns to tell them that frankenstein may not be responsible for the disasters it could be the monster baragon he saw in akita he tries to convince the authorities but to no avail it's very convenient that this guy just happens to be where these things happen you know he just happens to have dealt with frankenstein's heart during the war and survived and happens to have been at the oil refinery where the other monster attacks it's like this shit's following him around that's bad luck yeah it's like that guy that got this is a true story. Guy survived the bombing of Hiroshima. Walks miles to get to Nagasaki and gets the second bomb dropped on him. Oh, fuck. And I think he went to warn them oh or just God. tell them or just to not be in Hiroshima. And yeah, gets there in time for the second bomb to drop on him. And he survived that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, he, this guy's a little bit like that, but not quite as bad. He's only had one bomb dropped on him. Uh, Kawaji still wishes the scientist luck in finding and saving Frankenstein. 
Bowen, Sueko, and Kawaji attempt to find Frankenstein on their own. I, I'm so confused of why why they um, don't think that will remember her or them. Yeah, yeah, they do say, why? oh, there's no way he'll remember you. Yeah, I'm like, what? Why wouldn't he? Why? Yeah, why wouldn't he? It doesn't, doesn't, make, doesn't make any sense. No sense. But then well, I thought, see his well, brain. Was, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, maybe, like, Colossal Man. Like, the bigger he got, like, the stupider he got. <laughs> right. Like, maybe yes, they, they're the, trying to do the same synapses, thing. The synapses in his brain are too far apart now, and they can't connect properly. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't really give an explanation. But Kawaji has gone mad scientist at this point. I mean, he already, he's just like, wow. we got to do experiments. We got to do experiments. We got to cut off one of the hands and see if it'll work. And he just keeps wanting, whenever they're talking about what to do, and he's like, well, but I got to be able to keep doing my experiments. We got to find him. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> find another field of study. To Bowen and Sueco's shock, Kawaji reveals his plan to kill Frankenstein by blinding him with grenades in order to recover his heart and brain so he can do his experiments. Kawaji presses on to find Frankenstein, but finds Baragon instead. Kawaji yep, and Bowen try in vain to... Yep. Oh, and his horn glows. Yeah, it does. It does glow. And you don't realize this for a long time, because obviously we don't see him very much for a long time, but he has fire breath. Yep. Yep. I was like, oh, sure. Fire-breathing fire dinosaur unicorn. Kawaji and Bowen try in vain to stop Baragon with grenades. Frankenstein emerges in time to save Sueko and engages Baragon. All right, Frankie. It doesn't mention it here, but the the forest is on fire at this point. Yeah, because fire breath. Huge, huge fire. Also, yes, the monster sits also, on fire. Frankenstein, uh, earlier when he was like cooking his meats, I was like, oh, he built a fire. He built his own fire. So yeah, he. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Fire bad. Fire, fire bad. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Fire cook. <laughs> so. <laughs> At this point, he is burst out of his clothes and has fashioned for himself some sort of, uh, you know, Flintstone, Tarzan, over-the-shoulder loincloth ensemble thing. And has been wearing that for, I don't know how, a few weeks now. Uh, the monsters battle in front of this fire backdrop <laughs> until fight. Frankenstein snaps Baragon's neck. Then... Ooh. The ground beneath them collapses and swallows them up. <gasps> Kawaji states that the immortal heart will live on and they may one day see him again. Near, far, wherever you are. <laughs> I know that my heart will go on because I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> but Bowen believes that Frankenstein is better off dead. Apparently... This <laughs> uh, apparently, Saperstein wanted uh, an alternate ending shot in which Frankenstein battles a giant octopus. Oh, shit. And so everybody was called back in to do additional shooting. And they, unlike the King Kong versus Godzilla, they used a fake octopus. <laughs> And even though they went to all this trouble and then uh, he decided not to use it because the octopus didn't look very good. Yeah. It did, though, get accidentally shown on 
television, which confused a lot of people who had seen it in the theaters one time. <laughs> it used to be when you, uh, when a TV station or network or whatever bought a movie, they would tend to just give them everything because sometimes you want to edit it, re-edit it for television, for commercials and stuff. So occasionally you would see a TV version of something that would be a, a, a different cut and have some scenes that were not in the theatrical version. And apparently this happened in Japan. Uh, but um, Honda says that there were several different endings shot and the octopus one was just one of them five or six final scenes were shot oh damn yeah i was like what the fuck they're both dead this movie just like everything i just it was like let down after let down after let down they very they did leave it open they left it open for frankenstein because you know his heart is immortal but Baragon does appear to be dead. And in, at this point in the proceedings, it seems like they've been wanting to leave monsters alive at the end so that they could come back in the next movie. But that is not the case in this one. And as I said, Frankenstein himself does not exactly come back, but sort of a version comes back in War of the Gargantuas, which we will get to in a few weeks. Let me see where it is on our list. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a month or two away because we're in 65 and it comes out in 66, but a lot of movies came out in 66. So it's going to take us a little while to get to that one. So there you go, folks. Frankenstein conquers the world. Spoilers. Um, he does not. So he, he doesn't, he, he does not conquer the world. Or indeed, even Japan. <laughs> yeah, this movie, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's two stars for me. Um, okay. I did love Frankenstein. Like, I loved the actor. I loved the character. I loved him. But that was just the thing was, like, I liked him and no one else did. And everyone treated him like shit. And then they, he saved them and they still killed him at the end of the movie. And I was just like, man, fuck this. I'm done. It was just sad. The whole thing was sad. So boo this. I love you, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. Uh yeah, this is not this is not my favorite. I think the Frankenstein makeup looks like crap. I do find the mad science just, you know, they're like, I gotta do experiments on him and that guy doesn't end up getting killed at the end. He's still I know, which Survives. I thought he was too, but nope, no such luck. Yeah, so that yeah, Tadeo uh, Takashima, he was in King Kong versus <laughs> Godzilla and and Atragon. He's he's normally a more lighthearted guy, less prone to cut people's hands off. <laughs> I will say though, uh, um, I, I did like Baragon, um, like the style of monster, like he was just kind of crazy. Like random horn, he a bunch of random monsters just put together. Like, hey, just throw them all together. It's like throw them all <laughs> together. Just add water, shake it up, and you get a bear gun. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will see him again in a few years. I think I'm also going to give it a two. Yeah. Next week we will be discussing Invasion of Astro Monster, also known as Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Mm. 
It's got a lot of the same people in it. It's a Toho production. It's Toho got our, uh, our, our round eye friend back again. After that, we're going to take a look at Ultra Q and oh. then Ultraman. It, it, uh, so those are we're going to delve briefly into the world of television kaiju. Oh. So we'll probably watch um, two episodes of each of those for those episodes, those shows. Uh, Invasion, those are both available on either Pluto or Tubi. Invasion of Astro Monster is on HBO Max. Uh, but that will wrap it up for this week. Friends, please, please help spread the word about this show. Please like and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're on. Give us a review, preferably a five-star one, on the Apple iTunes. <laughs> find, our, find us on social media. The links to all that stuff is on our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash mmftg. Email us. Uh, consider sharing the links to the episodes we're trying to build our audience so we need your support to do that and um lady from the buckle today if you're listening shout out <laughs> the she buckle? Said that she, the... <laughs> it's like a store and she uh-huh. said that she listened to a lot of podcasts so shout out. <laughs> you start carrying some flyers or cards around with you yeah, there's this really cool thing, actually. And um, it's like a little, it kind of looks like a card. It's like in the shape of a card and everything, about the same size. But it has a chip in it, right? And you literally mm-hmm. just touch this card to people's phones, boop, and it'll it'll like give them all of your information. I, mean, I think we should get some. Let's get some with, with the podcast information on it? Yeah, and just boop right into all people's right. We'll uh, we'll look into that. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And don't misuse science, please. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Woo! You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.